0: You're on your way to kindergarten drop-off when all of a sudden you hear it. Your five-year-old asks, where do babies come from? You could panic. Or you could go to amaze.org slash JR, like Junior. Amaze Junior provides parents with honest, comprehensive, age-appropriate sex ed videos to watch with their four to nine-year-olds. Amaze Junior helps you navigate those tricky conversations about growing up like a true sex ed expert. For more answers to little kids' big questions, go to amaze.org slash JR slash this car. One more time, amaze.org slash JR slash this car.
1: I feel like I should ask about that, but like... Like, we should, we should keep talking about that. Oh, by the way, I am John Waltz.
0: I'm Lex Friedman.
1: And there's no John Armstrong. Welcome yeah, there to there Turning This Car Around. Hi, John. How are
0: Hi. You? I
1: mean, we've talked about the sex talk before.
0: Yes. So. I think I've even told you the story of um how my dad first wanted to explain it to me when my mom told him he had to because she had explained it to my older yes. sisters yeah and he's like you know how the car pulls into the garage <laughs>
1: and you know how i pulled back in the back yes we did talk about that
0: yeah uh i, I have wa- w- we have another amazed junior ad later in the episode and i have watched some of the videos Um getting ready to watch some with liam like it's it's very well done it's uh, okay Nobody yeah. wants to do the the sex talk, right? It's a little bit, you, you dread it. And I've done it a couple of times. Um, and I, I, I really do like them.
1: We were just kind of open about it from the beginning. I mean, just sort of talked about it in general, like how the things ha- things happen. And then... Like, um,
0: Hank, come in here. I want to show you something. <laughs>
1: no, there was a... when it, <laughs> There was a lot of laughter at the very beginning because he <laughs> was very young and it seemed very funny to him. Um, and then... Uh, you know, and then you get over that.
0: <laughs> you know, um, do you know the actress Jamila Jamil? Um, probably best known right now for her role on The Good Place. Yes. Um, what's her character's name on The Good Place? I forget. Uh, Vicky? She, is that right? I don't know. I but, think it uh, might be Vicky. She's she one of the, well, the I, oh, I don't movie. want to give it away. But. Right. She plays the, the British. She's uh, one of the people in Tahani. the village. Tahani. 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 Tahani, Tahani.
1: And oh no! So, oh no! No, yeah, Tahani. Oh, I was thinking of I was thinking of somebody else. Yeah, no, no, right, right, right. I screwed that up completely. It's not me
0: Tahani, yeah. Though no, I knew you were wrong, but I was going to get there. Yeah. Um, but so she gave a talk that I saw a clip of recently, where she was like, "You have to talk to your kids about sex, and you have to talk to your." She was especially talking about parents of boys, and you have to talk to them about not just consent, but also like that sex is for everybody's pleasure who's involved. And she's like, "If you don't, they're going to learn from you porn." Which is mm-hmm. like learning to drive from the Fast and the Furious movies.
1: Right. <laughs> Which, coincidentally, is also where Hank has learned to drive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's not, that's not good.
0: And like, I think about this a lot, right? Like, about how I want to protect my kids from all the things and can't. Because Anya and I watched the movie The Martian a couple weeks ago, and then we watched Castaway. And in The Martian, there's a lengthy treatise on shit. And boy, does Anya hate shit, oh, yeah, as I have yeah. discussed on this show. right. And then afterwards, I was like, it's a really good book, too. And she's like, will you read it to me? And I had been reading her from the... Uh what the hell is it called? The series that was like *Insurgent*. I don't know what the first one was. Oh called. yeah, *Divergent*. I've heard of it, but I don't. I've and never I, the first it, one yeah. I liked. The second one was so bad from the very beginning that it has taken us months and months. And I was like, Anya, I don't want to read this anymore. I hate it. I don't ever want to read to you because I hate this book so much. You can read the rest yourself. And she was okay with that. Yeah. Uh, but I was like, I'll read you *The Martian*. And I said, Listen, the way I'm going to read you *The Martian* is if I'm allowed to choose to replace certain words, if I want to. And I said, Sometimes I'm going to read the original words, but otherwise like if there's a time when he's swearing a lot in a row, I'm just not comfortable swearing that much in front of you right now. And she's like, Okay. <laughs> that's fine. So last night I was like, it was the time when he decides he's going to use his shit and everybody else's shit to fertilize crops on Mars to see if he can survive. And so I'm like, I decided I had to get the shit and then I went and got the poop and like every other shit I made, all the remaining shits I made poop. And she's like, I don't understand. Why do you say shit the first time? She didn't say that. Why do you say the bad word the first time? (laughs) And then poop all the other times. I'm like, I don't know, but it's what makes me comfortable. And I realized like, I'm thinking about like, why the hell do I care? Like, I, yeah. I I don't know. I, I definitely want to protect them. And I also don't know, like, what service am I doing them if I'm quote unquote protecting them? I don't even know. I don't know what yeah. I'm doing.
1: Yeah. We've gone through an awkward phase of swearing with Hank. Um, not in terms of us swearing, <laughs> um, but in terms of him swearing.
0: <laughs> ah. It's like, it's it trying to get him to does?
1: swear in the cases where it's appropriate and to not swear at people and and also not use the words just incorrectly. What are in are incorrect gr- grammatically <laughs> wise which is a great sentence by the way yes um,
0: what are the cases where it's appropriate
1: uh you um you like really bang your toe
0: yes the, uh, pain i believe is 100 i think they even say that swearing helps with the pain
1: yeah or something really disappointing happens I'm even okay uh, with it like in a video Minecraft? in a video game <laughs> when you get when you know, like when Dan Morin hits you oh, from I've, I've heard you, you with games. a shell from behind and speeds <laughs> I, ahead at the last second.
0: Yes, your opinions on this Theoretically, are
1: Theoretically, you know, that's just a theoretical mm-hmm. <laughs> That didn't happen to me or, or anything. No but, of course not. Yeah. Um, I, I think those instances are fine.
0: And what's in it can you are you comfortable sharing an example of misuse like a misgrammatical use of swearing?
1: um I can't think of one off the top of my head. I know that there have been some um where it's just it's either it's either not quite right or it's just too forced in the sentence.
0: you shitting fuckhole, I don't know <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you know <laughs> that is not the episode title by the way.
1: This shitting TV doesn't work right, or I do so, you know, right. something like that. Um, and it's like, eh, that's not quite, you know, you wouldn't really normally right. use that. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, and then when you say not swearing at people, so we're not calling people like shitheads or assholes. We're avoiding that.
1: Yes, or or not. <laughs> Or when you get mad about something that you have to do, like, I don't want to empty the fucking trash or something like that. Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, So yesterday in reading The Martian, I remember there was a thing where he was basically saying, and I will be misquoting this line because it's from memory. But his point was, um, I'm saving my life as much with my asshole as I am with my brain. (laughs) (laughs) And like a fantastic line, like just great. And I saw it coming up and I was like, I I don't know that I have ever spoken asshole in front of Anya. She has probably heard it in a movie we watched. (laughs) Um, she would immediately know what it meant. But I was like, "That's just it's, it's so I, even though it's not the worst swear word, it just felt so crass and dirty to me." And so I just went with butt, which she already hates. right? she doesn't like the talk of butts at all. And yeah, it's just like, I've already I'm saving myself as much with my butt as with my brain. Um yeah. and then again, I'm just like I probably could just swear. Like I enjoy right now very rarely swearing in front of the kids and doing it in non necessary situations. Um. <laughs> Like, we saw, we took them to see the musical uh, um, The Wedding Singer, because Lauren was in it, uh, a community theater production of The Wedding Singer. Uh, Lauren was concerned about whether they could go see it. I'm like, listen, if they want to see it, which they did, because their mom was in it, then we'll take them to see it. And uh, the stuff that they shouldn't understand, they mostly won't, and they'll hear some bad words. And, you know, it's got the, if you remember the Adam Sandler movie, it's got, like, the song that he sings about uh it all was bullshit it was a goddamn joke and when i think of you linda i hope you fucking choke and like i knew that song was coming and they thought that was like hilarious and so now when we sing that song in the house we censor it <laughs> um we make up our own cleaner words uh and so i don't know but yeah. I, I just like i, so I was like sierra did you hear any bad words in the show today and she's like yes and i'm like what words did you hear and she's like i'm not saying
1: like, okay, <laughs> go you to your room the,
0: like you've got the opportunity right now and then i ca- I think she said well I, I think i heard bullshit and i was like what did you say she said bullshit 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 like she said it like 10 times once i had opened the door that she could do it <laughs> but kids swearing is funny can we at least admit yes. that kids swearing is funny yeah yeah and that's what uh. it's all about my children amusing me
1: it's. i wanted to ask you you said you, that you watched the martian and castaway was that a uh, that's an interesting uh double feature
0: yeah they were not back-to-back although they were back-to-back on weekends and yeah. um maybe even the same three-day weekend i can't remember now but uh it wasn't intentional or unintentional like i recognize the coincidence of it but i wouldn't right. say i specifically picked it for that reason yeah but i appreciated it yeah and That's. i, uh, I, I love book, both martian, those movies frankly yeah, same. I believe in the book, The Martian, he references the movie Castaway, so I'm waiting until we get to that point because that'll be fun. Um, my parents hate the movie Castaway. Can you guess why? Um, too much
1: because product they're placement. they're shitty people.
0: <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> FedEx did not pay for its product placement. They just provided the planes for free. But... Uh, <laughs> did they actually crash one? <laughs> did, they, did they provide a dead pilot? <laughs> Have you ever heard... Uh, Robert Zemeckis's answer when people ask him what was in that box with the wings on it? He's like, uh, oh, it was a, no. <laughs> he's like, oh, it was a solar-powered uh, satellite telephone and um, oh, right. <laughs> a water reclamation system. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, my parents hated that he developed a friendship with Wilson and they thought that it was boring because he went a long time without saying anything. They hated those things. Huh.
1: I don't know. I love it. I think it's a good movie.
0: yeah i love it too i really love
1: it i love all time there's parts of of, there's parts of it that are sappy like maybe a little overplayed but um overall i think it's i don't know i for some reason both of those situations i mean i think that stranded alone thing is a very i don't know is that is that some sort of male fear or fantasy it was something i mean a little both
0: yeah well there's definitely no fantasy to either one of those guys because they're constantly in peril and pain and suffering right i definitely don't want to be hungry Um, I think that there's a universal... But spending time alone a lot sounds good, doesn't it? (laughs) Right. I think there's a universal thing where there are many of us who, if pressed, would admit that, like, I would entertain the idea if I, I'm, I'm not saying this literally but I think that people would think to themselves I would entertain the idea that I could just completely start over knowing everything I know now somewhere else <laughs> even if then I would never see anybody I love again. I don't <laughs> think people mean it. I don't think people want to do that but I think that there is there are times when everybody has that version of that thought like, like yeah. I could just disappear right now. Yeah. And like there were literally and this is horrible but there were literally people who tried to do that post 9-11 like fake that they had died and uh. just never went home and tried to start over. And those people yeah. are shit bags.
1: Yeah. There was a there was a famous case here um, and it was somebody that used to work at the newspaper that Karen used to work at, uh, but it was long before she got there. Uh, but it was a woman who worked there and she just, she di- up and disappeared one day and was not heard wow. from for, I want to say, 15 years. Wow. Um, and then suddenly turned up in Alaska with a family. Wow. Um, you know, I mean, and everybody assumed that she had been, like, you know, abducted and, <laughs> and killed, probably. But, um, I think, and, and never, she never really explained what happened. I don't think I'd have to go back and look at that. I I think she might've said that she doesn't remember parts of it. Uh, but I (laughs) think, yeah, yeah. I think it seems like, like, it seems like one of those cases where she was just like, you know what? I'm I'm getting out of here.
0: (laughs) I don't like what's going on. I'm going to go start
1: over someplace else. Yeah. So
0: I mean, I get it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Um, I was uh, the other thing that I've been thinking about recently is like with Liam I play games and we do music that's our thing it could be board games video games card games whatever and we like to play piano and stuff together and with Anya, she loves reading books and watching movies. And I don't quite know what my thing is with Sierra. We haven't figured it out. And so I was talking to her about that. She's like, I don't know. We play. <laughs> and so I've been trying to, like, get on the floor with her some more when she's playing. Because Sierra's my kid who really likes dolls. Like, to, she, mm-hmm. she still just loves them. And I feel like I'm not – I feel like as soon as I play, it, it changes everything if I'm yeah. involved with those. Because she's just using her imagination. And I'm like, hey, here's this other thing. And, like, even just uh, yesterday or the day before, I was playing when she was using Disney dolls. And I took over Ariel, uh, uh, Ariel, I don't know how you say it, the, the mermaid. Yeah. That, that'll and do. I had the uh, the footless mermaid, pre-foot, and she had the footed little mermaid, and we were like making <laughs> jokes about it, and it was funny. Making her sound like an amputee. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, but I... <laughs> so I before
1: I, and after the horrible car accident.
0: You only have to bond with one, <laughs> and so I'm jealous, because I'm trying to figure out how do I bond with all three, because I feel like I, just, I don't have a hook yet with Sierra, and it feels like it's time to figure that out. Mm-hmm. I'm taking suggestions.
1: Oh well, I don't have any, but uh, I can see how that would be difficult. Um, and there have been times when you know Hank has seems to be interested in things that I am just not into, yeah. like like he was he he has said that he likes heavy metal music, <laughs> and he has listened to some heavy metal music. I think it's one of those instances where he's also just saying something that he knows will get a rise out of me because I don't like heavy metal music, right. <laughs> <laughs> and he's uh, he's saying that just to be different. Um, so and I say, oh, good. You know, what, what do you like? And he'll tell me, you know, a, a couple of band names. And but I I can't sit down and listen to it with him because I just like <laughs> it's
0: I like very difficult. Emily's it's
1: very difficult for me to do that.
0: <laughs> Murder pain. There's a
1: few songs that I like, but uh, by and large, it's not my thing.
0: Have you heard the new song by Savage Suffering? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I, it's not.
0: <laughs> I really like onslaught. Yeah, pain. And and a lot
1: of the, and a lot of you know, back when he was really watching YouTube videos, when a a lot of that stuff was was difficult too. Just because. Do you mind if I just
0: keep making up heavy metal band names for the rest of the show? No, that's fine. Sure, go ahead.
1: (laughs) We'll just, um, we'll put them in the show notes.
0: Uh, But John, let's face it. Little kids are curious, and they have really big questions that can sometimes get awkward if you're not prepared to answer them. You're stuck in rush hour traffic when they ask where babies come from, or you're rushing to soccer practice when they ask why a teammate has two moms. It can be hard to keep up. Amaze, the sex ed creators behind the award-winning animated YouTube series, is launching Amaze Junior, providing parents with honest, comprehensive, age-appropriate sex ed videos to watch with their four to nine-year-olds. Amaze Junior has everything you need to answer your kids' questions in an honest and age-appropriate way. Uh, check out Amaze Junior's animated sex ed videos for parents and kids aged 4 to 9 at amaze. dot org slash junior slash this car. That's J R for Junior. Uh, I'm going to tell you, I I got on a call with them. I wanted to learn more about it. I watched some of these videos. It's very, very well done. It is just to kind of the right maturity setting and I, I didn't even know about Amaze at first I knew about Amaze Junior because that's what we're advertising and I was like I also have older kids do you have stuff for them and they're like yes just go to Amaze.org and so I've been showing on you some of the things there and it's it's really it's very very well done and they acknowledge sometimes that there can be things that will be amusing whether you intend them to be or not and it's but it's, it's, it's very well done so be prepared to answer your little one's toughest questions spark honest and healthy conversations and make sure your kids know the facts and feel good about their body Bodies. that's amaze.org slash jr slash this car amaze.org slash jr slash this car but it's very cool and it's much better than my dad talking about uh, how the car pulls into the garage
1: Yes, yeah. I think most of my first sex talk came from
0: the <laughs> my first, dad the, no
1: the first, <laughs> the first girl I was intimate with So <laughs> mm-hmm. like John it's like if this is going to happen you're going to need to know some things because <laughs> yeah. you don't seem <laughs> like you're really like up on this <laughs>
0: I have some information to share with you, John, and it's really going to surprise you. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> um, what else is going on in kid world for you? Oh, now? you know what?
1: I wanted, I wanted to talk to you about first jobs. I thought that was a thing we could talk about. Oh, Because let's last do that. night we had, at Hank's school, they had a uh, sort of like a career, not exactly career night, but like um, uh, moving into work night. Because he's, he's mm. in ninth grade now, um, which is considered high school and wasn't when I, you know, in the school system that I went through, but I think most school systems have switched to this now. And they are starting to <clears throat> talk to them about like you know, eventually m- moving out of high school and either into college or into a job. And uh it was it was a, it was a good presentation and it was a good talk about like, you know, you know, getting your kids ready for certain things and and you know, and managing money and all the, and all this stuff. Um, But I was thinking about, but you know, one of the, one of the things that we talked about is like, now is a good time to start investigating work and even starting to do some jobs, even if it's not for pay, just to start getting used to that kind of thing. And I was thinking about the stuff that I did. I kind of think I know some of the things that Hank's interested in. He already has his food preparer's license and um, is kind of interested in working in like a kitchen someplace. So think that would be a great place to start and i think he's really good at it as i've said like you know we make noodles all the time and he helps me make dinner so i think that would be a good thing for him to ease into and i worked in a kitchen when i was in high school but my first job and this is like the most connecticut thing ever it was um selling tickets at a an equestrian show (laughs) (laughs) at the horse club at the horse club in my town
0: was there a, was there a friend or family recommendation or did you just yeah. straight up apply? Yeah, for
1: the there school? was no, somebody got me into that somehow. I think some, I think some friend of my parents, I mean, we weren't into horses. I mean, we, every once in a while we would go to the horse show just cause it was fun. And they would, you know, do jumping and stuff, right. stuff like that. It was interesting
0: just horse around there. Sure.
1: And <laughs> then I think some friend of my parents said, Hey, we're looking for, you know, who, who worked for the, the country club said we're looking for people to sell you know kids to sell tickets and i know your kid is old enough so so that was that was the very first thing i remember the very first job that i remember having which you know i sat in the booth and just basically had to make change and hand out tickets and then the next job i had was working at a uh video arcade Mm
0: -hmm.
1: which was a terrible job for me because i would just spend all my money at the video arcade <laughs> every, every every penny you... that i meant uh, that every, every penny that i made went back into the video arcade
0: and it was literally pennies in some cases what <laughs> it was... was
1: well it ended up being pennies yes what but was the cool thing had... was i had the keys to the place mm. so you know and this was when i was 16 and so I would, you know, we would be able to go like Saturday night after the place would close, we could go into the place and, you know, we kept paying for the, we had to keep paying for the machines because they were locked and I didn't have the keys to the money. <laughs> they were they were, they were there? smart enough about that, but so we kept pumping quarters in, but we could go in after hours.
0: Were you like behind the counter giving out prizes for tokens or were you like helping people? with? Machines? It wasn't that, was it like... wasn't
1: that serious. It was a, like a storefront. It was like a little tiny little place and we probably had... 10 machines, okay. you know, 10 stand up arcade machines, like, you know, like um, Galaga yeah. and stuff like that. And I was basically, all I was doing was making change.
0: Wow. Interesting. Okay. I'm trying to think about my first jobs. And what I can remember is my parents wanted their kids to have, like, I guess IRAs, right? They wanted them to have some kind of retirement account, and you needed to have a job for that. So the first job that all three of us had was working in my dad's office on the payroll. Oh. And because he was a, a surgeon, he had a private practice, and so like it would be filing, um, or sometimes like a little bit of not really dictation transcription, but cleaning up the transcriptions and stuff. And uh, it was horribly boring and made me know I never wanted that kind of job <laughs> because I really, really hated it. Yeah. Um, I didn't have another local job outside of you know things like babysitting, other than. Uh, Like locally, I wrote for the local newspaper, which started a weekly section for teens by teens about teens called Voices. And uh, it was through that that I first met and interviewed Weird Al Yankovic because I didn't interview (laughs) with him for Voices. But I would write usually humor columns for that thing. And that paid well, given that I was a good and uh, quick writer. Like if they told me what they needed, I could just turn it around and then you would have to uh, dial in, connect to their BBS (laughs) (laughs) and paste the article in there and watch the text go. And uh, I one time, I'm just remembering this, had a column that ended. uh, It was very a Jason Snell joke long before I knew Jason Snell, but it ended with a syntax error. (laughs) And the guy I was pasting it to was like, it's not coming through. Can you send it again? (laughs) And I sent it again. He's like, it still says there's there's an error. And I'm like, oh, no, (laughs) that is it. Um, (laughs) I did that, but that wasn't like really a job job because you just did it from your own home when you had time, whatever. Yeah. Uh, But then, like, camp counselor, uh, and I did that from a way too young age. I was a camp counselor at, like, 15. And then... Oh, my God, I can't imagine. In the summers uh, after college started, I worked at a place on campus, the career center I worked at, which I found delightfully ironic. And then uh, my best summer job was working as... uh, I typically would work at the stuffing machine at Build-A-Bear Workshop.
1: <laughs> oh, I think you mentioned this.
0: <laughs> um, stuffing machine. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the, they literally trained me that I was supposed to embarrass guys and be nice to girls. So you can decide how woke that is. But, like, if guys were there to get something for their, their, their loved one, I was supposed <laughs> to, like, really make them humiliate themselves in front of their, their loved one. That was the job. Nice. The job that I was worst at, because I want to know that too. The job that you are absolutely worst at. The job that I was worst at Uh was in college. I took a job teaching Sunday school at a Hebrew school. Um, So Sunday school, not the same as Christian Sunday school, but like teaching Hebrew school on Sundays. And I was uh, atrociously terrible at it. Just so bad. I could not get those students to pay any attention or give one shit. And (laughs) it was probably the thing I was worst at in my life.
1: Huh. Uh, the job that I worst at uh, podcasting.
0: Now, um, <laughs> I
1: I had a job right out of college, and uh, it was for the it's a crazy. I, w- I went to DC. I wanted to work in you know like government, and I did eventually work in government. But uh, I worked for this association management company. And so there's all these, you know, there are all these organizations, like lobbying organizations and other kinds of organizations, and a lot of them are headquartered in D.C., and some of them are so small that they don't have enough, like they can't afford enough staff of their own. So they work with an association, they run through an association management company, which, so like our company had like, I want I don't know, like 20 different associations that we were running. Right. Um, and I worked on this one called Consumers for World Trade. <laughs> <laughs> and... I was good at the, I was good at like, you know, we had a computer and we had a database of, of, uh, of our members and I was good at all that and like figuring out, you know, this was back when we had, when we wanted to send out mailings, we had to use like an electric electric typewriter that had like programmable features and it would, you'd program in this list of. The members with their addresses. It was like a mail merge, you know, like you would do in Word, except you did it on this on this typewriter, and then you just keep feeding sheets in into it. It was uh, <laughs> it was very difficult, but I was good at that part. But another part of it was also like calling up the offices of senators and congresspeople, and uh, you know, asking them their stances on certain things. And I was I was not good at. That. <laughs> I was not good at that. I was like, what's your stance on what's the senator's stance on World Trade? It's like, what, what do you mean? Could you be a little more specific? It's like, I don't really, I don't really know that much about World Trade, <laughs> so no, I can't. That's so. I wasn't very good at that part, but I think I was pretty good at the office, the office administration stuff.
0: Got it. Um, well, I, I have another thing to contribute here, but first, I want to tell you this, John. This year. 2019 by my calculations, You should make health and wellness a top priority with the help of Care Of's monthly subscription vitamin service. Simply answer a few questions about your diet, health goals, and lifestyle choices via Care Of's fun online quiz, and you'll get your personal, scientifically-backed vitamin and supplement recommendations in only five minutes. Then each month, Care Of delivers them right to your door in customized daily packs, great for an on-the-go lifestyle. There are even vegan and vegetarian supplement options available to match your dietary needs. I didn't know how I felt about Care Of before I you know, had experience with it. And I signed up and you take the quiz and they're like, what do you want to do? What, what are the things you're focused on? How, you know, and it's some of it's like, you know, do you want better hair or are you looking for whatever? Or are you looking for more energy? Or are you looking to calm down? And I fill it out and they're like, here's what we think you should do. And every single thing I was like, yes, I should take that. Of course. It's so, like my, my packages are typically a uh, vitamin D supplement and some other stuff. I don't even know what it is, but I know that it's good for me because I read all the descriptions of it, but they have these powders too that I just freaking love. There's a caffeine powder, um, where sometimes you don't want. Like, I've given up soda, and I'm not a huge coffee fan, and these like this little, it's like a mini, uh, it's, it reminds me of a Pixie Stick, because it tastes good, and it's like a little <laughs> packet, and you just pour it into your mouth, and it's like friggin' energy, and I just love it. And they have one that's supposed to help you chill and relax, and I love those, so if I'm too amped up, I do that, I just, I'm a fan. Take advantage of this month's special New Year offer. For 50% off your first month of personalized care of vitamins, go to TakeCareOf.com and enter the promo code TTCA50. That's takecareof.com, and the code is T-T-C-A-50 for 50% off your first month. I would recommend you check them out. One more time, the URL is takecareof.com with the code T-T-C-A-50. Um, okay, so wh- when do you think it's time for uh, for the boy to get a job?
1: Well, I think it's time for him to start investigating jobs. So not necessarily – I have a friend who makes food items, <laughs> I'm just going to say that without naming okay. any names. And um, so since Hank is interested in that kind of thing, I think what we'll do is just like have him go work there for with him for a few hours, you know, pull a favor and say, hey, can he come work with you for a few hours? And and, you know, he'll pay him some nominal fee or something like that and just have him like do which is basically what I did at the at the horse show. You know, it was one weekend And it was like, okay, now you've done something where you've gone and you've worked, you had to show up, you had to dress appropriately, you had to act appropriately, and, you know, you had, you got paid for your efforts. And you get, I think that's a good way to start because you get that under your belt. And then, you know, now it seems less intimidating to go, like, actually work someplace on a regular basis where if you just do something that's a one-off, that's good. So I think that's probably what we're going to try and do sometime in the very near future
0: what I and I think many employees do this even past their first job. I remember thinking at jobs like, "Oh, I've been here for an hour. I just made 9 dollars <laughs> or whatever." Yeah. Um and I remember how angry, I think just about everybody, even like the Bernie Sandersist among us, how angry you are when you get that first paycheck and somebody took money out of it (laughs) before you got it. And like, you can totally appreciate uh, the state and the need for taxes and all those things. And it becomes a different thing when you see it on your very first paycheck. I remember that moment so vividly.
1: You're wrong about Bernie Sanders. He looks at it and thinks, why didn't they take more out of my paycheck? (laughs) I'm pretty sure that's true. Yeah. I, I think I had, I definitely had that experience when I was first working out of, out of college, it seemed there were, I think because it's like you, you get told it's very, it's all very confusing. I think really what employers should tell you is your, what your net is yes. <laughs> for your salary instead of what your gross is for your salary, because that whole thing can be s- severely disappointing.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. and And I think that people often just estimate it very wrong. Uh, like oh I'll keep eighty uh, percent of it or or, yeah. <laughs> or I know that yeah, like, and, and as, you know keep... and,
1: and as you started as a kid you might get paid like in those situations where you get paid under the table where you're just basically getting you know like if you're babysitting oh I babys- I babysat too a little bit not a lot uh, I was not I did not like babysitting very much <laughs> I think I was pretty good at it but it just I don't know, I didn't care for it. like one of the times they one of the It was uncomfortable the whole situation for some reason, like taking care of, I felt, I felt like over my, over my head. And one of the times it was two, uh, it was neighborhood, these two neighborhood kids and two boys. And we were like, you know, having like a snowball fight sort of thing. And one of the kids got hurt, not bad, but like, you know, like bashed his finger really bad. And I felt terrible. I just felt like I had completely failed and like, (laughs) nobody was going to hire me to babysit ever again. And, and you know, and then the parents get home and they're like, they would have done this if we had been here. <laughs> I was just like, I'm so sorry. I don't know what happened. I was right there. And yet somehow he hurt his finger. Like, yep. God, I <laughs> like remember you were taking this way too seriously, kid. <laughs> I, uh,
0: what I remember so vividly is one of my first babysitting experiences. Like I, I probably had a babysitter older than I needed as a kid, um, I was so rarely alone that when my sister started having lives or, or whatever and would be out, and then my parents went out every Saturday night with friends, um, I was not ready to be alone at times. And like I was like, I would still like to have a sitter. And so I did for a little bit. Until I was like, not that, like 16, 17, just kidding. Um, I don't remember when it stopped. but like <laughs> 25. A little bit and I remember when I became a babysitter, I was like, well, geez, now I'm intimidated. <laughs> now I'm, I'm the one who's supposed to be the savior, the brave person. <laughs> and, um, I remember the first family... Uh, I, my sister had once babysitted them and then found out that they had a cat and she's like super allergic to cats. I'm only mildly allergic to cats. And so she had to call them back early from their thing because she couldn't handle it. But my thing was I would let the kids stay up late as long as they went to bed the second I said so when I knew the parents were going to be home soon. <laughs> <laughs> that was my point. go now. Um, oh, no, there were definitely moments where it was like, get on the covers right now. <laughs> Close your eyes. Do not make a sound when they open the door. Um, uh, but, I never did.
1: I never did like a go to bed situation. I was, a, I was always like, you know, usually during the day, but I mean, we were, oh, I every I really once every in a while, like just, just for a couple hours after dinner or something like that. But yeah, we've I, sometimes, I, was, I wasn't ready for that.
0: I hate when we, and we, you have to do is when we've paid sitters to be with my kids when they're already asleep. <laughs> it's like, just oh, be in yeah. the house so you can like pull them out if it's burning, I guess. Uh, but I just remember, I might've told this story on the show before, but I remember there was a time, one of the, this was when I decided I didn't need a babysitter anymore. Um, it was a guy. And I only ever had female babysitters. But this was like some friend of a sister's. I had never met him before. And the doorbell rings randomly at night. And neither of us is expecting it. And it's weird. And I was like, you're supposed to put your hand over the panic button when you open the door if we don't know who it is. Because that's what I was taught. And the panic button were these two red dots by the door. And you know, it was the loud panic button. There's also the silent one. But this was like, (laughs) you didn't know. And my parents taught me if you're opening the door and you don't know who it's going to be, you have your hand there ready to go. And he opens the door and just simply puts pressure on his hand as he's, like, using the wall for leverage as he opens the door, which he does not need to do, and sets it off. The visitor is my rabbi, who is going to the same (laughs) Hanukkah party my parents have already gone to and doesn't know where it is. So he's like, do you know where the Weisberg's house is? First of all, no. um, Eight. I don't know where the fucking... I know you go to that traffic light and turn right, but after that, you're on your own. But now the alarms went off and I'm putting in the code over and over again and it doesn't care. You pressed the panic button. Like, you are panicked. The police right. are going to come. And they do. And so the rabbi walks out and I remember him so vividly saying, I'm so glad I came. And it was like the greatest joke in delivery to me. Uh, but he just, he just walks towards the approaching policeman with his hands up. And afterwards, my parents are like, well, what a great disguise. Right, If you are going to go rob somebody's house or commit a crime, just dress up as a rabbi and you'll get like at least a little bit of purchase with the the authorities. And he goes out And, you know, it's pre-cell phone. And so I have to figure out how to call the Weisbergs and get them to get my parents. And it was like a whole thing. But uh, after that, I was like, you know what? If I knew that I had to use the panic button and I wouldn't have hit it like a fucking schmuck, then maybe I don't need a babysitter anymore. Yeah, right, right, right. Then I do remember, I might have told this too, and I apologize. These are repeat stories, listeners. I had not heard heard that one before. So the I'm Home Alone, Um, it's not weeks later. It's, you know, months, whatever. It's, It's not connected to that story other than now I'm ready to be Home Alone. And I'm watching TV and the alarm goes off. And I think to myself, I don't like that the alarm is going off because it was in stay mode for me to be at the house. And I'm like, okay, let me think about this. When the alarm goes off at night, in the middle of the night, which it did from time to time, my parents would walk through the house uh, in their pajamas and make sure everything was safe. And it always was. And then they turn it off and go back to sleep. So I'm just gonna not do the looking because that's scary, but I'll just like just wait because that's what they did. Like they would go through, leave the alarm running while they did their inspection <laughs> and then turn it off. So I'm just gonna sit and not do the inspection. And then as I'm sitting, there, I'm like. No, this plan doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> this, this is not the right thing. I'm going to have to leave. And so I exit the house, alarm's still going, and go to the neighbor's house. They don't answer. And I'm like, oh, I'm in a horror movie. And then I go to the next neighbor's house, and they do answer. <laughs> and I explain to them the situation, and I tell them I did not inspect. And they're like, okay, <laughs> you can sit here. And, and it turns out uh, they
1: were the murderers.
0: Yeah. And she's like, do you want to watch TV? I was like, yeah, I was watching TV at home right now. She's like, what were we watching? I was like, I was actually watching Wheel of Fortune, which tells me, by the way, it was 730. And she's like, really? I hate Wheel of Fortune. And in my head, (laughs) at whatever kid age I was, I'm like, the kid equivalent of, bitch, why the hell are you criticizing my team? I just basically avoided getting murdered by being incredibly (laughs) mature and smart. And you're going to criticize my Wheel of Fortune fandom? Get the fuck out of here. I, but so that is, those are my two main burglar alarm stories. Now, when we leave the kids home alone, I always turn the alarm on in stay mode. Um, and yeah. it's like connected to the app. I know if the door gets open, I know if they turn it off. Like if I am ever going to let the dog out, she turns it off for a minute and lets him out and turns it back on. It's outside. I like all those things. They have better alarm experiences than I did.
1: I don't think we, I don't think we had an alarm when I, when I was growing up. And then when we finally did, we might've gotten one while while I was in high school. I can't even remember, but my, for years, my parents never turned it on. <laughs> It's like they had an alarm system and they never turned it on. And I was just like, and I think that was, I think that probably got installed it after actually, you know, I I'm almost positive. It must've got installed well after college because I remember, although, you know, they didn't turn it on, but there was this whole thing. I think I've told this, this joke before this. Well, this, that's no, not a joke, but the story before about April fools and my mom and how remember. we used to growing up, we used to every. April Fool's Day, we would one of us would put a rubber band around the ho- sink hose thing.
0: Mm, I don't know this.
1: So so it's a separate. You know, it's it, it was one of the older ones where the sink hose, the spray hose, was a separate thing that was like on the side of the the corner of the sink, and you you know normally you turn the turn the water on and then you pull the thing out and squeeze the handle on the sink hose and it would spray. What you know, the, it would <laughs> it would all you know reroute the water through the hose instead of through the through the sink faucet. So, but if you put a rubber band around it, someone would come down and flip the sink on and it would just shoot them in the face. (laughs) So every April Fool's day, you know, the night before we would put a rubber band around it and my mom would come down to make coffee and she'd flip the thing on and get shot in the face with water. I love that. So we did that for years. And then I went to college and there was nobody, nobody there, but my brother's friends were, out at a bar the night before april fool's day and they were telling april great april fool's day things and they were telling that story because they knew the story and then they realized that i was in college (laughs) and that there was nobody there to do it so they drive over to my parents house at like two o'clock in the morning they sneak into the house and they put a rubber band around the hose thing
0: oh my god that's
1: and then they leave and and i remember this vividly it was a sunday I'll, I'll go back and look at the date, but I'm pretty sure it was, it was a Sunday morning, and I'm in, you know, my dorm at college, and this guy guy from like, like down the hall, you know, knocks on the door, and he's like, his phone call for you. And it's like 8 o'clock in the morning, and I trudge down the hall to the phone, and it's my mom, and she's like, how did you do it? How did you get that rubber band I was like, you what? Have no idea. What? Somebody got you? What? And it wasn't until like weeks later that that I that i've learned that it was uh, my brother's friends
0: truly the only part of that story that i find is dated is somebody had to get you to tell you you had a call because like when i went to college you just had a phone
1: (laughs) yeah no we had we had two and and the weird thing is like for some reason she got routed to the wrong phone and so it was like on the other side of the floor there were two (laughs) phones on on the floor and uh, i had to walk all the way down to the other side of the the building to to be yelled at by my mother for something that I didn't do.
0: Now April Fools isn't that far away now. Uh, yeah, true. As, and my kids are obsessed with wanting to prank me and Lauren as much as they can. Yeah, and they are terrible at it, and they have yeah. terrible ideas. And like they are they are good, nice humans, and but they're basically like what if, they don't literally say this, but it's like what if we cut the brakes to the car so they all crashed and died? <laughs> yeah, like, their, their idea yeah. of what should count as an April Fools prank is way out of line, and they're like, what if? um we spill water all over them, and like, and so they want to work with me to plan something for her and for her. And they just—they're so far off. I feel like I need to train them better in like mm-hmm. what is a good April Fool's prank, which is basically yeah. nothing, by the way. Well, YouTube,
1: YouTube has made that way worse, right? Yes, because there's so many ridiculous. Like, I mean, these couples who would, like prank each other all the time, and yes. they prank each other. You know, like <laughs> she's deathly allergic to bees, and I put a beehive in the shower. <laughs> I mean, it's. It's terrible, which is one of the reasons why he's not watching YouTube anymore.
0: Oh, my God. But, yeah,
1: but, like, yeah, he would suggest stuff like that. Like um, And one time he um he put super glue on the um, toilet seat. Oh, wow. Which is who, not good. Who was the victim? And fortunately, fortunately, it had dried before anybody actually sat down on it. Got it. So he only ruined a toilet seat.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, listen, in my day, I have ruined many a toilet seat. <laughs> And that's that.